0: Welcome to the Weekend Live Show. Five is well, uh, uh, uh. We run down the Five biggest stories of the week with you every well, Saturday night. Uh, uh. Let us know in the Five comments right now is where is you reppin'. Uh, uh, uh. Apache Junction, Taunton, Worcester, Long Island, Mantra, South Florida, Webster, Malden, Framingham, Tucson, Wichita, Eureka, Salem, Gloucester, Moose Connecticut, Charleston, South Carolina, Osland Day, Connecticut, London, Hanson, Glendale, Arizona, Lynn, Mapleville, Quincy, Food Stands, Leave your clothes bloody in, You're a funny ass guy, man. Have you ever heard a kind of someone like,
1: yeah? Are you a fan? 508 is where I'm from. Hey, what's up? 508 is where I'm from. How was that? You a freaking idiot. Stop telling people that I'm mentally deranged and
0: stupid. Call me. You're not a doctor, but... Get out of my store, please. You're a fucking loser. You are a loser. You're not a journalist.
2: You're nobody. You're not turtle hair. How make such fun of the criminal justice system?
0: NFL on the house. Let's get this party started.
1: It's go, 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 go time
3: Tick, tick, boom Bring noise Go, baby, we bringing our toys Operating from the boys up be singing, should should be on the voice
1: A piece working, we serving the streets. About to go, ain't going beast. Bang, bang, leave sleep. Tick, tick, boom. Hard body, body, and not scaring nobody. You make me resort to wildin'. You must be blind by the diamond side. not want it to be this way, but y'all won't need to try this. So it's no way around it. You the loudest one is the quiet. be disturbing the peace where can we serving the streets about to go ahead going peace bang bang leave you sleep Woo! It's go 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 go, go. Ah. tick tick boom you can't stop me so who gon' stop me you can't stop me, so who gon' stop me? You can't stop me, so who gon' stop me? You can't stop me, so who gon' stop me? We be disturbing the peace, working, we serving the streets About to go ahead, going peace, bang, bang, leave your sleep go, 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 go.
3: We're bringing the noise. Go baby, we bringing our toys. Separate men from the boys. Chop up the singers, should be on the voice. Bang, bang, we gon' ride out. Gang, gang, we don't die out. Want it like this, ain't no timeouts. Tell me who we really
1: gon' find out. We get We We be disturbing the peace. Working, we serving the streets. About to go, ain going beast Bang, bang, leave you sleep. Tick tick boom. Hard body body and not scaring nobody. You make me resort to wildin'. You must be blind by the diamonds. I didn't want it to be this way, but y'all won't need to try this. So it's no way around it. You the loudest one is the quiet. It. We round it, round it.
0: Tick tick boom. Boom. What's up, turtle riders? How's everyone out there doing tonight? Good, good, excellent. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your fearless host. They call me, my real name's Aiden. Some people call me Clarence. It's my Facebook name, Clarence with Emerson. You can follow me on there. Or you can call me Uncle Turtle Boy. A lot of old school turtle writers call me that. Um, you know, I, I prefer doctor, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Uh, I like the ring to it. I just like being called a doctor. And if Jill Biden can call herself a doctor, then I can definitely call myself a doctor. Somebody got so mad about that the other day on the page. It like, She went to she got a doctorate and she got a PhD. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, for fuck's sake. If you guys, if you can't take, I mean, if the joke has to be explained to you, this is the wrong place for you. Let me tell you, but either way, welcome. Uh, you can, some people call me daddy. I know that can be a little creepy for some people. Totally get it. That's not your thing. I will accept it, but I will not mandate it. Let's just put it that way. Um, And I would like, it's weird if guys call me that too. So, but whatever, just, I don't care what you call me. Just be here every Tuesday and Saturday night at 9 PM sharp. That was my new year's resolution was to get here like on time. And I feel like I've done it. I feel like I've done it. I used to be late for the show a lot. Like people used to have like guesses about what time I would be here. It was like every nine 12, they used to have pools and stuff like that. But now I get here at nine every Tuesday and Saturday night. So be here at nine and make sure you smash that subscribe button. We're getting close to uh, 50,000 subs. I think we're like 48, three or 44 now. Uh, if we can get that up to 50,000, you know, that's halfway to a hundred thousand when you think about it. So, and then with a hundred thousand, you get a plaque. Like I was at the at Tim cat when I was hanging out at Tim pool's house in January. Uh, I started my year off there, the year of the turtle. And as he had a big plaque for that, you get one of those for a hundred thousand and then I think 500,000 and then a million. So. A turtle can dream. A turtle can dream. I never, you know, last year at this point, I think we had like, I don't even know, 20,000 subs, but we've grown a lot in this year significantly on these YouTube streets. Largely, obviously, the Karen Reed story has a significant amount to do with that, but I also did a bunch of big stories before this too. Um, Monica Cannon Grant's in the news. Did you guys see Monica Cannon Grant, her lawyer yesterday. I don't think I saw this. Like Monica has benefited more from like Gemma Cade than anyone. I feel like she misses the attention almost. Uh, Monica had a court the other day in in Moakley Courthouse, the same one where Colin Albert testified in front of the federal grand jury. And her lawyer, her third lawyer, Christopher Malcolm, just didn't show up. He didn't show up. Can you believe that? He just didn't come. Many lawyers didn't come to court. It's her third attorney. The first one, I think his name is Goldstein or Goldman. I don't know. I don't know if there was a falling out there. He was a private counsel. Uh, He left. The second one was the court appointed attorney because she got broke. And that guy was just like, dude, there's like so much discovery in this. And this woman is insane. And he, he basically tapped out. And so then they got a third guy, Christopher Malcolm, and he just didn't show up. And the hearing went on without him. I don't know what that means. If you could just not show up and your lawyer just doesn't show up. But apparently that happened the other day. And the the media tried calling him. The court tried calling him, emailing him. He just didn't show up. That's wild. People forget about Monica. And Monica's being prosecuted by Adam Deitch, I think is his name. Uh, That, I'm told, is the same guy who conducted the grand jury uh, inquiries into all these people. So it's like, I think Monica's up next and then it's like them. So we'll see. We'll see. It's coming. I'm telling you right now, it's coming. Don't forget that. All this bullshit that you're seeing from these people on Twitter, the you know, who are these Alex Arias? The guys that kick... you know, the certain the Jackie Dougals of the world are on. it's basically the dougles on Twitter, and you know, Jill Daniels, probably a couple others, and Krusty, and they're on there, and they make it seem like there's this like widespread, and then obviously <laughs> useful idiots. Like uh Kevin, who is just freaking not only insane, but comically insane. I responded to like I, I gotta be honest. I he's the funniest fall. Ever since he made the Sims video, I just can't get enough of this guy. I know I said we shouldn't pay attention to him, but he's too funny. It's just it's it's good comedy. You gotta you gotta um appreciate good comedy. So this is what he said earlier. Let me read this to you. This this tweet he had. Oh my goodness. Okay, so he said earlier um, about Olivia Lambeau. Okay, he hates Olivia Lambeau. Remember he was saying Olivia Lambeau was Karen Reed for the long. He's calling her Karen. He, he's wicked smart because he's got sources. And so he's pretty convinced. This is the, you know, when Krusty Panties is your source or Chris, Chris Albert, Jen McCabe, those are his sources of information. And so he goes, he has since conceded, I guess, that it's not her. Because uh, now he's saying that uh, how did John end up in, Olivia Lambeau said this, quote, how did John end up in the front lawn, 12 feet away from the roadway where you allege these taillight pieces were found? How do you know where the 35 pieces of taillight were found given the five searches recovering over 90% of the pieces were undocumented? Okay, so that Olivia Lambeau, who is excellent, posted this on social media. Now this, again, all this says he was found on the front lawn, 12 feet from the roadway, tail light, 35 pieces of tail light were found. And 90% of the tail light piece of those 35 pieces were found on undocumented searches by Michael Proctor. Cause they only found four of the 35 pieces on January 29th at 545, when the cert team went in there and found the four pieces that the can police missed. And then in the coming weeks, Michael Proctor went back every time, like the taillight whisperer that he is, and he found more taillight every time, every single time. And so this is a perfectly legitimate question that anyone who read the court filings would ask. And it's certainly not indicative that you have any inside information or anything like that. It's literally just regurgitating the court documents and then but Kevin's figured it out. Okay. This is what Kevin says. This is why there's reason to believe that she actually works for the defense. Okay. Like basically anyone who is intelligent and can articulate what the problems are like like review the court filings and articulate what the problems are in an effective way works for the defense. So he assumes to our credit, at least right. That all, uh, you know, that we're all smart. Like we're all, we're smarter than them, I guess. I don't know. He goes, this is why there's reason to believe that she actually works for the defense. Is it like we all like, I've been told I work for the defense. Um, I, published the story April 18th the Colin Albert got a subpoena on April 10th long before me the filing was made in court on April 12th I didn't pay attention to it for a few days I had other things going on I was working on I think there was Mike Fucci it was like suing me that week or something I don't remember I had a lot going on but he goes he goes on to say um Because that kind of deceptive repackaging is worthy of Alan Jackson and his non-human hair, deceptive repackaging. What was deceptive about that? Did you catch it? She might slip that by a little, she might slip that by a little turtle. All right. But not regular people. Yeah, Regular people like, you know, you guys are stupid, but regular people like Kevin, they're smart. He's much smarter than you. He goes, 95% of the taillight mass recovered was in that one big piece found at 545 by the CERT team. 95% of the taillight mass was found in one piece. Says who? Like, does this guy just make shit up? So 95% of the taillight was found in one piece. He has no evidence of that. He's just saying it. I've not read that anywhere. And Olivia is saying that 90% of the pieces, again, there was 35 pieces and they found four. That is roughly 10%. Little, like maybe 11%. So 90% of the taillight pieces were found after the fact. Okay? That's just a fact. But Kevin's like, no, 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 no. That's a repackaging. That's some deceptive statement she's making. Because he says... That 95% of the light mass recovered was in that one big piece. He has no evidence of that. He just says it. But if you count that big piece as just one piece worth no more than the other tiny pieces, then you can make the statement that 90% of the pieces were recovered later. Yeah, they were. It's just a fact. So basically he's saying she's telling the truth, but the pieces they found the first time were bigger based on, I don't know what, that means but that's somehow deceptive somehow yet olivia you'll know, see how deceptive they are yeah we almost fooled you kevin yet olivia has become the single main voice of the conspiracy theory yeah she's the only one out there saying this to kevin the only one who oh, please Karen not innocent, it the only one worth listening to actually hey but there are a great many deceptive posts like this enough to make a reasonable person wonder who she really is and works for. How about you, Kevin? How much are you getting paid by the McAlberts to do this? I mean, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to throw around accusations. Okay, Kevin, how much are you getting paid? How much are they paying you to do this? Because you were all, you know, you were pretty convinced of Karen Reed's innocence. Then all of a sudden you're like, no, no, she's definitely guilty. The second you started talking to these people, it's interesting. How much are they paying you, Kevin? Of course, I don't really think they're paying you, Kevin, because I don't make shit up. You do. But there are a great many deceptive posts like this. Enough to make a reasonable... Uh, Or in her defense, maybe she's just easily duped like the other baby turtles. Yes, he's the smart one and we are all stupid, okay? And because basically like everyone who points out or reads the court filings works for the defense, except for Kevin though, except for Kevin. Because Kevin gets his news from Chris Albert and Jennifer McCabe. He is the only unbiased person in this whole situation. So you can trust him. Here's the other one that he posted, which I was just laughing at. Okay. This was the best one. So I posted a story today about Elizabeth Proctor hiring an attorney, which is, you know, she, I mean, I've never seen a murder case in which all of the witnesses got criminal defense attorneys. That's wild. Now you can make the argument that, well, they're filing rule 17 motions to get all their phones. Well, I've, I've seen murder cases too, where people hand over their phones if they have nothing to hide, if they're completely innocent, it's a great way to exonerate yourself. Not these people, though. They all hire lawyers because they don't want you looking through their phones. Again, they took my phone and we haven't even tried to suppress that because I got nothing to hide in my phone except for my sources. I don't want people knowing my sources. And there's some other stuff in there that you don't need to see because trust me, you know, trust me. <laughs> I mean, some of you might like to see it, but I can't guarantee that. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, um, so he writes here. So this whole judge thing. Uh, so anyway, the he hires this guy or she hires his attorney, right? And this att- like, if we're going down the list of people who have attorneys, okay, Brian Albert hired Greg Henning, right? D- due to Rule Seventeen motion, Colin Albert hired Joe Krowski or his dad did whatever from Brockton. Um, who else? And remember, Colin wasn't even like interviewed by police at all at that point when he, but he, you know, went in front of the grand jury. So needs an attorney. Um, Higgins attorney is Bill Higg- is uh, Bill Connolly who works with a lot of federal cases that I'm quite positive that Higgins flipped. I think anyone looking at this objectively assumes that. And who's the other one that hired an attorney? Oh, Jeff McCabe, Jennifer McCabe hired Kevin Reddington. Like the guy who, you know, like guilty people he represents. So even though he's my buddy now, even though we're 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 bros, he says. So she hires a different person though. And by the way, Michael Proctor and Bukaki have both hired an attorney as well, but we don't know who that attorney is because it's impounded for some reason. Something about DNA. I think I'm guessing they're like. Remember they found like DNA like Yannetty made a statement in court that like on John's taillight were like three samples of DNA. Like how did other people's DNA get on his thing on on Karen's taillight? Well, you know who, so what are they hiring attorneys for? And doesn't the, it's, they're not union attorneys either. It must not be a union attorney. So what's up with that? So anyway, she doesn't even hire the same attorney I'm assuming as them. Or maybe it is. I don't know. But she's got this guy, gray-haired fella, by the name of William Kettlewell, I think. William Kettlewell. And I looked this guy up, and this guy's record uh, is obvious. Like, this guy's, ex- you know, this guy's expensive. You know, this guy's got probably, like, way over $1,000 an hour, I'm guessing. Not cheap. Probably the retainer to do this is probably, like, ten grand. i am guessing. Minimum. And so this guy has just been hired to do this Rule 17 thing. And then you look at his thing, you're like, why didn't she just? I mean, what does she need this kind of attorney for? Because it's just, it's a copy and paste situation here. You have you got Auntie Bev, you got the Home Court Cooking. You've seen already that she denies Rule 17 motions all the time, calls them fishing expeditions, and cites Lampron. We've we've been down this road before. It's almost like we know what she's going to do yet there. Are, so she could have, he could, she could have hired anyone. She could have hired any attorney and just copy and paste whatever Greg Hanning said for Brian Albert, but she didn't, she hired this guy. And this guy, as it turns out, has a long history of working uh, federal cases. He was a former state prosecutor and a federal prosecutor for the United States attorney's office. So he knows the ins and outs of federal courts. He has also represented public officials who have been charged with corruption by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Well, that's interesting. It's almost as if Elizabeth Proctor has hired an attorney preemptively, a two-for-one, that she has hired an attorney here that could potentially help her not only with uh, you know, this rule 17 thing, but it's almost as if she anticipates herself ending up in a federal court as she should. And it wasn't like this. So all of this projection that you're seeing online, all of this bravado about it's over, blah, blah, blah. It's all projection. Like they, these people are shitting their pants and I know they're watching right now and you're not fooling me. And you're not fooling any of these people. You are shitting. No matter how much you say. No matter how much they pretend that they're not. They are shitting their pants. They're going to lose everything. All these people. A lot of them are going to go to jail. A lot of them are going to be indicted. They're fucked. A lot of them are going to be separated from their children. And everything that they work for is going to be gone. And they know that. And they, they, they have nightmares about it. They, they haven't been able to sleep good for the last two years. Actually, they slept a little good after Ree got indicted. Then daddy showed up, and then it was it, it was not... It hasn't been fun since April. It hasn't been very fun at all. They had one good day. October 11th was a good day for them. The day that I was temporarily arrested. That, that was a good day for like two hours, maybe three hours, until they saw me walk into that courtroom not giving a fuck. At all? And just with the daddies ready to fuck face? Oh. Oh. They realized right then, damn it. We thought we had him. We thought we had him. We thought we broke his spirit. And then I came out in the courthouse steps and I was expecting them all to be there. All confident and shit. Because they outnumbered us there. And they were gone. And then I gave one of the greatest, you know, courthouse step speeches in you know, American judicial history, obviously it will be, go down the record books. You'll be reading about it in the history books for your kids. Um, and then it's, it's been downhill from there. It's been downhill from there. So all this is fake, all this bravado that you're seeing, it's all fake. So I post this story today on Twitter and then numbnuts, Kevin comments. He goes, I've, <laughs> I've read Elizabeth Proctor's first message. From Jen McCabe. Okay, time out. You've read Elizabeth Proctor's first message from Jen McCabe. So you he's admitting now that he works directly with them. That he works directly with them. Like he gets his information from them. They're showing him things. How did you, how did, and he says it's the first message from Jen. How do you know, how does he know it's the first message? How do you know, Kevin, that's, that's a real question. How do you know it's the first one? How do you know that? Because they told you it was the first one. And he goes, it this message, he goes, came after Morrissey's weird press conference. So two things here. Uh, first of all, Kevin, it's 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 this guy. I mean, talk about knowing not <laughs> he this guy, like I said to him, I go, Kevin, you have a lot to learn about women, uh, including out a please one, I'm guessing. Because like d- believe it or not, Kevin, women can lie, especially women with a lot to lose like Jennifer McCabe and Elizabeth Proctor. So they just told this guy like this guy's dumb. He's like like any other guy that we've made think over the years is actually going to get laid and we just get him to buy us drinks. That's Kevin. And then like, oh, we're not going to that guy's creepy. I'm not going to his fucking house. Uh, obviously not. Thanks for the drinks called and they give you the fake phone number. Yeah, that, that's that's what happened here. He's a useful idiot. And so he he actually responded with that, which I thought was hilarious. So anyway, and also he goes that it, it came after Morrissey's weird press conference, like, excuse me, but they said at my hearing that the first time they ever spoke, Jennifer McCabe and Elizabeth Proctor was on September 25th when her car was parked outside of the house and they arrested me for Conspiracy to commit witness intimidation for writing about that and proving that that they lied that the district attorney's office lied. So, which is it, Kevin? Was it nine twenty-five or eight twenty-five the day of Morrissey's weird press conference? When was the first time they talked? Oh yeah. So anyway, and then he also is now accusing. I shouldn't even waste time, but it's just too funny. It's too funny. Uh, he's been very busy today. Going at Jen Aldman. And I guess he's accusing Jen of being like what the pit bull or the mastermind or something behind this whole thing. There's a new mastermind every week. It's all and have you noticed that Kevin just attacks a lot of women. Like he really likes going after women and he's kind of sexist and racist. Definitely a little bit racist, Kevin. Because Kevin's her thing is he always says that, like, oh, Jen McCabe couldn't have done this. She's a soccer mom. In other words. White women from the suburbs with two car garages, they don't kill. They're incapable of murder. Now, maybe if she was, you know, some ghetto hump in Roxbury with a litter full of unregistered crotch fruits. That he would assume that, you know, she is capable of murder because she doesn't have a house in the suburbs and she's not a lacrosse mom. Little bit racist, Kevin. A little bit racist, a little bit sexist too. So chill with those two things. Friend zone, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, so this is what he says to Jen today. Jen Alder. I have a ton more info today. Things I can't reveal, but I can say with absolute certainty that Karen struck John and knowingly left him, and her attorneys know it. Ask her. Not that she'll say. She is, in fact, guilty 100% of second-degree murder. Though the smoking gun is inadmissible, and I will leave it at that. Okay, sure thing. The smoking gun that can prove that she committed murder is not admissible in trial. Whatever that means, and he he can't tell you what it is, but it's real. You just have to trust him because he's very trustworthy. He's a legitimate person. He makes Sims movies. And then she goes, if it's inadmissible, it doesn't exist. Then he goes, Jen, I am not lording over you. What? I am not being a jerk. I know this case means a lot to you and you've invested a ton of time into it. I don't lie. It's very honorable. You don't have to like me to recognize that. And I am not celebrating any of this. It's a terrible tragedy, but everything I said above is 100% true. Just keep it in mind as you proceed, because it will come out in the end. Like he's like doing this whole thing where he's like, you know, oh, I'm going to save you. you know. I'm going to save you from embarrassment, gentlemen. Then he goes, she goes, I don't believe you. It's that simple. He goes, I can accept that, Jen. I understand how hard this will be. Just keep it in the back of your mind. I don't know you and have no reason to lie. I'm actually a nice guy. Stop right there. Any guy who ever feels the need to announce that he's a nice guy is not, in fact, a nice guy. He's the guy is waiting for you to get blackout drunk. That's the guy. That's what he means. Okay. And doing something nice here. So he's trying to help her out the way you've treated me. You don't deserve it. Ooh. But then I remember that this is something you really believe. So I am forgiving. He's going to forgive you. He's a narcissist, but it is true. There's a chance it will come out next week. Oh no, though. Maybe not. (laughs) It's like, no, maybe not. But Karen knows. Okay. Sure. She does. Sure, she does. Then he goes on to say, you should believe me because I've been right on much of this. Things I report have been true. I don't know what, but he says they are. But I'm busy. Good luck with your insults and rolling rallies. <laughs> uh, then she goes, he goes, you literally have no clue. I'm done being nice to you. This is all going to blow up. And because you are what you are, you deserve it. You only talk to Karen Readers. Okay, readers, So you have no idea what people outside the circle of weirdos talk about. We see you on Twitter, Kevin, it's not that hard. You found your little niche and it made you feel important. Filled some little hole in your shallow life, but you'll learn in the end. More people take me seriously than you realize. Does he actually believe that? Because he's surrounded. Like, I feel like this guy is just found when he was like playing second fiddle to turtle boy. He's like the other guy that said that Carol Reed was innocent it just didn't have, he's like, ah, I want a thing for me. I need a, he needs a thing for Kevin. And so he was going to be like Krusty panties was already the turtle boy. Bad Karen Reed, bad Jem McCabe Good. She already taken that angle. So he was going to take the new angle, the deep thinker angle, the unbiased. What will he say next? Deep thinker angle, except it wasn't very deep at all. And it didn't have much thinking. Uh, then he goes on to say, he's got one more that I was just saying here. Yeah. Anyway. (coughs) Yeah. He, he thinks that we're both sliding towards, she's going it's just wild shit. So that's, that's enough of, that's enough of that. Anyway. So here's the deal guys. If anybody wants to, uh, contribute to the program, uh, you can't give a super chat because uh, YouTube took that power away from us. So, and by the way, make sure you smash that subscribe button and leave a comment afterwards. Helps with the algos as well. And by, and shout out to the Rumble Rats, all 230, 232 of you over there. Excellent. Nice to see you guys. Cool. Um, yeah, so if you'd like to donate, though, you can click at the link at some at the top for something called Turtle Chat. You can donate whatever amount of money you want. And when you do that, I will get an email notification in my inbox that I will read out loud to the class with the message, okay? And let me pull it up here. Let me pull Turtle Chat. Do you have any right now? Okay. So like this is from a few days ago. Nancy sent $30 and said, doing a great job. Justice for John and Karen. If anyone else wants to donate, the link to Turtle Chat is right at the top. I don't, has anyone sent, if you've sent one, I haven't got it yet that's usually odd usually they're a couple by now but uh so I'm not sure if they're just not coming through I gotta check let me check on this end hold on I, you can also uh, cash at me at dollar sign Uncle turtle boy as well and let me see uh, do we have any cash apps definitely got notified for a couple cash apps here uh Babs sent 25 dollars on the cash app. and yeah my cash app is dollar sign Uncle turtle boy by the way yeah, we got a couple turtle chats here. Today's the 16th, right? You yeah, guys didn't get the emails. So we got a couple here I'm going to read off. Today's the 16th, right? Okay. So Tom Pettigrew sent $10 with the comment. What's up, you cunt? Merry Christmas. And am you. How you doing, cunts? <laughs> nice to see you. Oh, they're coming up in my spam for some reason. Okay. Uh, report not spam. Okay. Uh, Rose sent $5 and says, shout out to Will for completing his first semester of college and spreading the word of justice for Karen. Fuck the haters. Yes. Goddamn. Goddamn. Good job. Will. good job. Tom sent the a hundred bucks. Thank you, Tom. Merry Christmas. says, keep fighting for justice. I can't wait to see all these scumbags and cuffs, AKA roast beef, Ronnie. <laughs> oh, roast beef, Ronnie from the, uh, you won the costume contest. Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate that, sir. Great costume. Kevin sends $5 and says, please stop being mean to me. I ask hard questions and use logical logic on my YouTube channel. My arguments are far more convincing than Olivia's. I'm not jealous. She just hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, Kevin. Sorry to hear that. Uh, Leanne sends $10 and says, I think the real story behind the story is, is Elise Okay hashtag twisted tragedies forever. Yeah, I don't know whatever happened to her. She kind of disappeared after I called her out for being a scammer. Funny how that happens. DE sends a hundred bucks and says, Merry Christmas, Unc. Great work this year. Looking forward to the day we can celebrate the real bad guys in the saga getting theirs. Fuck them. Thank you very much, DE. There's a D and E. I won't hold that against you. Uh, Thank you very much. Okay. Again, if anyone wants to donate to Turtle Chat, uh the link is at the top. Uh you, you can uh donate whatever amount of money you want, and I'll get it. you can write a message and it'll come up me in box or read. Okay, Babs sent 25 ducks on the Cash App. It just said Merry Christmas. Thank you very much, Babs. Merry Christmas to you too. Jay Norris sends five bucks and says, Did the feds try to question Elizabeth Proctor? We don't probably not, because she's not I'm guessing they're a target. Uh oh, your dirty little secret sends uh Send, oh, he sent $1. He goes, Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Katriana uh, sends $9 and says, go time tomorrow. And thank you for playing the full intro. Yes, tomorrow, reminder, is, the, is the, uh, the March for Justice, I guess, or the, the Walk for Justice in Canton. They're meeting at 92 Pleasant Street in not Mass at 1 p.m right as the Patriots get cream-pied by the Chiefs. So be there. Uh, I don't know if any counter-protesters are going to show up, but should be good. Um, and, okay, cool. I think that's it. Okay, oh, no, and Natalie, and there's another, uh, good Natalie, the last one, oh, wait, what the hell was her message? She sent me a message the other day. And I didn't get to read it Uh, there. This was it the other day. She sent one and said, can we start a fund for some sort of crash test lifelike body so we can hit it in reverse and put this theory to rest? I wanted to do it with my car, but I'm like, I don't really want to sacrifice my car for this. Don't really feel like doing that. So, okay, cool. No, Bill Cannon has blocked me. Uh, He has blocked me on YouTube and blocked me on Twitter. So that was his response to my, I thought, you know, respectful response to his, his, uh, ridiculous interview with Jennifer Kofendaver. So that guy's a freaking joke. So I guess he's going to lose some viewers now. And you know, if I, I do read my comments and if my entire comment chat was just filled with people, be like, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. You got it wrong. I'd listen to you personally. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, everyone can't be wrong. Everyone can't be wrong. Like somebody at like, you know but Okay. So there's that. If anyone else wants to donate, Link is uh, at the top for turtle chat uh, and, or you can cash at me a dollar sign uncle turtle boy. And by the way, uh, yeah, it's like, that's up. That's, that's on them. The like, he's an embarrassment. Totally right. That's on them. Like it is like, just we're keeping receipts and there's no amnesty. Just know that like when this is all said and done, you're done. They're done. You're forever going to be known as the people that defended a bunch of cop killers and like obvious cop killers. Like it was all right there. And you still like in the, in the face of undeniable evidence showing this woman's innocent and clearly someone inside that house killed them. You still stood up for the people inside that house, even though they murdered a cop and you pretend to be pro law enforcement. There's no coming back from that. There's no coming back from that at all, at all. So, uh, I'm with you, Moro. Why can't he just ignore you or politely decline? Yeah, because he's a douchebag and he is what he is. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, I have a special kind of show tonight, even though it's like 938, getting started a little late here. But, uh, oh, so I I found there's a case that I've been watching as a Dateline guy over the years uh, out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri. That's just strikingly similar to the Karen Reed case. Like I, I, followed this before the Karen Reed case because the villain is like the worst villain of all time, until we found Gemma Cabe. But the more I look over this case, the more similar it is. Uh, the more similar it is to the uh, Karen Reed case. So let me just introduce this to you, right? Let me just show you a couple who some the players here. So this is um. Betsy and Russ Faria, all right. They were a married couple from right outside of St. Louis, like I think like 20 miles away they lived. I don't think it was in St. Louis County, if that even is a county, but uh, whatever. They had a home. Uh, She had two daughters. Uh, They were not his. Uh, You know, I think he, he was her second husband. And she was murdered, and he ended up being charged with the murder. As we're going to see now, the other player in this, okay. Uh, the major player is this woman. And her name is Pam Hupp. Okay. Pam Hupp. And she was Betsy Faria's alleged like best friend, according to her. And ultimately became the star witness for the prosecution of Russ Faria, who was charged with Betsy's murder, okay? Now, another person involved in this is this guy. Where'd it go? Um, This gentleman, special needs guy named Louis Gumpenberger, okay, who a couple, I think three years after Betsy was killed, was also killed, and Russ Faria was also initially blamed for his murder by Pam Hupp. So let's just go over the facts of this case because it is it is freakishly similar. Okay, so let's start from the top here. All right, so in 2013, uh, Betsy Faria was found dead in her home at around 9.40 p.m. by her husband, Russ. So he had come home and found her dead. She had been stabbed 55 times and she had a knife sticking out of her neck. She was lying on the floor next to her couch in her living room, right on her side. And the knife was sticking out of her neck. She had 55 cuts, including some cuts on the wrist that like went down to the bone. Like it was a vicious, vicious murder as bad as you get. But there was no blood found uh, in the sink or the shower area, and there was no blood trail out of the home. And the first responders determined when they got there. Remember, she was found by Russ at 9 40. The first responders uh determined when they got there. And have you guys heard of this case before? This is the Pam Hupp case. There was an NBC special with Renee Zellwinger. I think the truth about Pam, they've done like three Dateline episodes on it. Have you guys heard of this case before? Yeah, she did pretend to be a reporter. For it. It's it's the wildest story. Give me a one in the comment if you've heard of this before, a two if you've never heard of it. I'm just curious if people have heard of this case before. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a, a 50-50 mix. No, and you watch for this stuff? Okay. Uh, actually, it looks like more nose. To be perfectly honest with you, so that's cool. So we're gonna learn about this case. So, uh, so they get the first responders get there and they determined that she had been dead. Her time of death they determined was seven twenty. That she had been dead for more than an hour. He found her at nine forty. So Russ gets home first and finds the body. And the first thing he does is call, of course, nine one one. So. Let's listen to the tape of the 911 call and remember about Jen McCabe's 911 call. Where's the 911? Where'd it go? I have it here somewhere. Sorry, i got a bunch of windows open here. That's not it. There it is. This 911 call is heavy, so brace yourself.
4: What is that number?
5: A woman last seen by Pam, now dead.
2: If I really wanted money, there was an easier way than trying to combat somebody that's physically stronger than me.
6: Then, a hero becomes the villain. A desperate attempt <laughs> to stop a divorce, and a killer caves and confesses during a 911 call. Let's start with the call that has just become a series.
4: County 911. What is the location of your emergency? Okay, ma'am. Hello. Yes, I need you to take a couple deep breaths so I can see what's going on. What is the address where you? you need this to come? Okay. What? And what is the telephone number you're calling from? In case we get disconnected. I don't know this number. I
1: don't
4: know my cell phone number. Okay, what is that
1: number? <laughs> okay, who am I speaking with? My name is Russell
4: Faria. Russell, what's going on there?
1: <laughs> I just got home from a friend
4: And my wife
1: my wife killed herself. So he <laughs> he thought she he had committed to
4: Okay, Russell, I need you to calm down, honey, okay? I need you to calm down. Take a couple deep breaths. We're gonna get somebody on the way there, okay? What? What did she do? Do you know? I over neck and arms. Okay. Okay, calm down, honey.
0: So this is sounds like Karen Reed, like a legit, legitimate. Authentic is she
4: breathing at all. No. She is not breathing. No. Okay. okay, Russell, is there anybody that we can call for you?
0: Sounds fishy. No. I don't know. It's fishy. But...
4: Okay, Russell, take a couple deep breaths on. Okay, okay. What is your mom's name?
0: My mom's name.
4: Lucy. I'm I'm sorry, I can't understand you, hon. Lucy. Lucy? What
0: you know your mom's name.
4: And what's her last name? Maria. Uh, how old is your wife? Thirty two? Forty two. Forty two. Okay, and you're for sure she's not breathing right now? She's not even okay. <laughs> Russell, how long were you gone today? I I around
1: five, I just got back. But she was at her mom's, and everything. was "Oh, I see. Okay." No, no, what
4: time she got home? And you said that. Uh... <laughs> has she been depressed lately?
1: Oh, oh, she got, she got,
4: she got, got, got cancer. She has, but she does have cancer. Yeah.
0: So she had just been diagnosed with with terminal breast cancer. She was going to die in the next where, year. Where,
4: Russell, where's the knife now? I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you said, hon. It's laying right next to her. It's in her neck. Okay. <laughs>
1: Oh my God! I wish you'd do this to me. I wish you do this.
4: It's
0: hard, man. Tired to listen to it.
4: they on the way, hon, okay? They'll be there shortly.
0: I'm playing this because the is prosecutor there there in the would there later you? say oh, that this is oh, all right. They said this there's is no all right. No I'm here. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: he sounds like he's faking. I don't know. Like, what is real? What is it? Is what he does any, real sound is he like? On any
1: medication? Okay,
4: can you do me a favor? What I need you to do is I need to get those. I need you to get those medications for the paramedics. Okay.
1: Uh, I think they're here on the table.
4: Yeah, we have, we have everybody coming to you, okay? But <laughs> <laughs> well, what I need you to do is take a couple deep breaths and try to get her medication together, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Russell, where where are her medications? I think so, here. on the table. They're on the table? Oh, my God, my okay, God. where? I'm here. I'm here. I think these are it. Okay, where is she in the house? In the living room. Okay. Where are you right now?
1: Okay. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god!
0: Oh my, god, I knew. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So you know, oh it's up to you to believe whether or not that's legitimate or not. But uh, to me, it sounds unless he's a professionally trained actor, and that's heavy shit, obviously. So he fi- he believes he's like he believes she's killed herself. Like that's his initial reaction when he gets there. Right now, upon further review that gets him in trouble because the prosecutors are like, they think that's ridiculous. Like, and it is ridiculous that somebody could kill themselves by stabbing themselves 55 times, just like Karen Reed. They're like, basically your, your initial reaction to something like Karen Reed's initial reaction was allegedly like, did I hit him? Could I have hit him? Right. That's what she was allegedly saying at the scene because you're in trauma and you're freaking out. And you're not thinking rationally. You're like, "What the fuck happened?" You certainly didn't think that he was murdered by a friend, right? Who that's the last thing somebody would think. He was murdered by my friend. Just left here in the living room. Come on. So they found that ludicrous. They also found blood-stained slippers in the closet, in his closet, like blood, like literally, like like blood there was blood on the slippers let me see if I have a picture of them a picture of the slippers oh i think i found them right here i'll show you the picture over here so those are the the slippers they found in his closet like tucked away all right now there was no like So we wore the slippers, but there was no blood trail from the spot next to the couch where she was found to the, uh, you know, to, to the bedroom. And, and if you were, if you just killed somebody and you got blood on your slippers, like, wouldn't that be the first thing that you get rid of? And it's like with Karen Reed, it's like, I look back like, oh, she made him, she called him up and said, I hate you. I hate you. Well, isn't that the last thing you would do if you were just, if you just killed somebody is just incriminate yourself like that. Like these people are just going to incriminate themselves in the dumbest way possible. Like that doesn't make much sense. I don't buy that. Um, he took a polygraph test, which is a mistake and he failed it. So he failed a polygraph test. Uh, now, as he mentioned, uh, Betsy Faria had terminal breast cancer. So she wasn't going to live that much longer anyway. And she had been driven home from a chemotherapy appointment by a co worker at State Farm Insurance. She worked at State Farm uh, by the name of Pam Hupp. And Pam Hupp's story was that she dropped her off at 7 p.m. and left the house. She told police afterwards, she becomes the star witness for the prosecution. Who does this sound like? Jen McCabe, right? She becomes the star witness of the prosecution so she's with this guy right before this woman right before she's found dead right before she dies and she claims she tells the police what does she tell police that Russ had a violent temper that he was a heavy drinker and that he threatened Betsy when she threatened to leave him does that sound familiar it's Jen McCabe it's all it's Jen McCabe all over again that's exactly what Jen McCabe said Oh, oh, she was, oh yeah, he was trying to leave her. That was the story, right? She killed him because he was trying to leave her. And oh yeah, she's got a crazy temper and she was drinking a lot. It's the same freaking script. It's the same script. And at no point is Pam Hupp ever considered a suspect. At no point is she ever considered a suspect. And she, instead she is the star witness for the prosecution, the star witness. So it gets crazier because somebody gets arrested for harassing her. It's just like wild. Um, It goes on. Okay. More facts here. Um, Hup urged investigators to search Betsy's laptop on a hunch. And when they searched the laptop, they found a Microsoft Word document in which Betsy expressed her fears that her husband would kill her. How convenient. She had written a word document in which she said, I'm thinking he's going to kill me. So uh, Russ, uh, Russ ends up getting charged with murder the day after her funeral. And he gets held on $250,000 cash and uh, bail. He can't afford it. Cause he doesn't have a lot of money. And, but he's got a hell of a, uh, you know, a whole shitload of evidence exonerating him. For instance, he has his story, his alibi was the, he was at, He was playing poker with his buddies four miles away. I apologize. 20 miles away. All four of his friends testified. They're like, yeah, they tell police this. He was playing poker with us. And then he left around nine something. And on his way home, he stopped at Arby's. How do we know he stopped at Arby's? Because he's got a receipt showing he stopped at Arby's at like 920 or something. And so that at all adds up. Remember the, the first responders say she died at 7:20. There are no traces of blood found on his body or his clothes. And the police checked nothing besides those slippers. There was no blood anywhere. So the prosecutor, now this is Missouri is a, is a very red state. Whereas Massachusetts is a very blue state. So in Massachusetts, Michael Morrissey goes, why is Michael Morrissey in power? Because you can't beat him because he's a Democrat. So no one's gonna beat him. So Michael Morrissey has nobody ever runs against him. If they did, it would be futile, a futile. Uh he would they would lose because he's got all the money and he's a Democrat. He he would love an election. He would probably miss his, like a chance to run against someone. No one ever challenges him. And in in Missouri, and and that's I'm starting to realize those kind of states are the more breeding grounds for corruption. And it can go both ways. I feel like the, the states that are the l- like least susceptible to corruption would be states where there is like a healthy like where no one political party has a monopoly. Like the swing states. The the states that decide our elections are probably the places where corruption is the least likely to happen. And I feel like, you know, like look at some of the major uh cases, like major places where like major uh whatchamacallit, um Criminal cases have taken place. Wisconsin seems to be the center of it all. Uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse case was there. Although the Stephen Avery case was there. A lot of people think he did it. Some people don't think he did. Uh I don't know. Michigan, I feel like there's been a lot of big cases out of there. I don't know. Pennsylvania. But anyway, um, I just feel like in Missouri is like a red Massachusetts. Is this a state that. Republicans have no chance of losing. So the people who get elected there and they elect their judges in Missouri. So the judges are all elected Republicans, at least outside of St. Louis and Kansas city. And they got no chance of being challenged. It's a, it's a system where the people are, when you don't have to worry about doing a good job because you're going to get reelected anyway, uh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. So the, prosecutor on this case, her name is Leah Askey, L-E-A-H-A-S-K-E-Y. And she said, her response, she's like the Morrissey or the Lally of this whole thing. She says that the four friends with the alibi, they're in on it, she said. That was her argument that she made. That they were lying and providing a false alibi for him. She even went so far to say that not only were they lying for him, they conspired. They conspired to protect him. So they, uh, that they, so for instance, Russ's phone was left, uh, like pinged at at their house until nine o'clock or 9.15 or something. It was at their house the whole time. She says that he left without the phone and Uh, you know, in order to to go back and kill her and then came back, I guess, I don't know. And what about the Arby's thing? Because his car went through Arby's. They said that he took one of their cars and that they went to Arby's in his car to provide it. I mean, (laughs) this is wild. This is wild. This is like explaining like why Brian Albert didn't come out of the house. My whole bunch of other shit happened, like how we got the the dog bites. This is the same; they're just making shit up. The difference with this is that the person they're protecting is is a nobody. Like Pam Hop wasn't some well connected person; she was just an asshole. And uh, what about the judge? Like we count on the judges, right? In this case, uh, in these situations, to be the fair and imbalanced ones. Well, Bev Canoni, we see what happens when Bev Canoni's in charge. In this case, the judge's name was Christina Manamayer. I don't know how to pronounce that. She was an elected Republican in a red state, right? Who had no chance of ever losing office, right? And she refused to allow at this trial a third party culprit defense. His attorney, Joel Schwartz, was not allowed to say that Pam Hupp did this. He was not allowed to suggest it, introduce any evidence of that. There was not much he could do in this case. So, it was also later discovered that the lead detective, Mike Merkel, reported that a crime scene camera had been broken and the pictures of inside the crime scene couldn't develop. Kind of like the Canton library tape disappeared. Very similar. Or the ring cameras across the street at Tom Kelleher's house. Just stopped. Didn't work that night, I guess. I don't know. So that's odd. He ends up getting convicted within a year of murder and was sentenced to life plus 30 years with no parole in 2013. What about the four friends who were accused in court of conspiring to essentially kill Betsy Faria, right? And, 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 and give this guy an alibi. They were never charged. They were never suspected of anything. It's kind That kind of reminds me of the Waterfall Bar, right? Like they are accusing, or no, is it CF McCarthy's? I apologize because she didn't even drink it. the Waterfall Bar. They said that like CF McCarthy's gave her like nine drinks and then she got so drunk and killed someone. Yet they're not going after CF McCarthy's at all. They have no interest in that. And in this case, they had no interest in going after these four guys. As a matter of fact, they didn't even know that they were being accused of this until the prosecutor said it in her closing statements. They had no, they were like, what? It's also similar because Betsy had two kids, two daughters, teenage daughters who loved Russ. He was part of their life, just like. John's kids were part of Karen's life and vice versa. Afterwards, they became poisoned with lies and assumed he did it and turned on him. And Betsy's sister, much like Paul O'Keefe, also assumed that he did it. And after he was convicted, she said outside of court for the first time that Russ had made... um, that Russ had smothered Betsy with the pillow and said, this is what it feels like to die. That was a story that Pam Hupp had been going around telling people that Russ did, but it was never introduced in court. So it just showed that Pam, the Jen McCabe of this situation, was getting into the heads of the family, Was had befriended the family. Have befriended the kids, have befriended the brother and sister. It's the same story, I'm telling you. The daughters, of course, you know, they all sided with, they all just agreed. This guy that was part of our life, he was a monster the whole time. But it didn't sit right with everyone. And a local reporter that you saw at the beginning of that other tape, his name is Chris Hayes. Uh, he runs the local Fox affiliate over in St. Louis. He began looking into this more. And Showing up at the hearings and harassing Pam up, asking her a lot of questions. He went to her, her house started questioning her. I think there's probably, I, I bet you we got a video. Hold on. Let's see, Chris Hayes, uh, Pam up. I think his name is Hayes. I'm even going it around. Oh, is that the MSNBC guy? He comes up first. What the I think was his name I forget this uh Fox reporter. He was at the beginning of that first video we watched. What the fuck's his name? Hold yeah. on, hold on. Pam or hop, what the fuck's this guy in name? Because he goes to her house. I'll find it. Give me one sec. Yeah, it is Chris Hayes. Okay, hold on. He goes to her house. Chris Hayes, Pam Hop house.
7: No, that's not it.
0: Anyway, I'll find the tape another time. I was going to write a story about this, but... We'll get around to it eventually. It's just a long story. Anyway, uh, she ends up, this guy starts digging into this case. And he really wants, they put like heat on the courts to review this because uh, it was odd that Pam Hupp was the last person to see who admitted to seeing her alive. And then just wasn't, none of this could be, you know, like couldn't even be suggested at trial. Why was that interesting? Well, in 2014, Betsy Faria's surviving daughters sued Pam Hupp because it turned out that four days, and this is wild, four days before Betsy Faria was murdered, she changed the beneficiary of her life insurance policy from her husband, Russ, to Pam Hupp. That is the most suspicious thing normally. That would be the most suspicious thing. Kind of like googling how long to die in cold in 227. Or I don't know. Like you name all the suspicious shit that's happened in the Karen Reed case. So she she made 150 grand off of this. 150 grand. Now she claimed that the reason that this happened was because she didn't trust Russ because Russ is an animal and that she was going to die of cancer. And so she wanted Pam Hupp to create a trust fund, which I guess Betsy could have created herself a trust fund for the daughters and then they can get the money at 18. But then a year after she was dead, there was no trust fund. So the daughters sued Pam Hupp, and that's when the media became, because now it's like a civil trial and she's got to get deposed. And this is all public. And they and you can't, you you have to answer questions about the murder. You can't just plead the fifth or anything like that because it's a civil deposition. So, they got sued uh, for not putting that, you know, uh, for not putting the money in the trust. It was later revealed, okay? And this is wild. It was later revealed that Leah Askey, the prosecutor, Was having a sexual relationship with one of her main detectives in the investigation. And guess what this guy's name was. You'll never guess what this guy's name was. This is fucking wild when you hear this guy's name. His name was Michael Lang. Just, I, sound like, not Michael Lang, Michael Lang. And the prosecutor was banging him. And so she's that they so and he's also one of the star witnesses for the prosecution. So she's banging a guy named Michael Lang. Now, Pam Up was the last person to see Betsy alive. She admits that she got there at uh seven o'clock. She admits that willfully. Her story changes a bunch of times. Let me play this part here. I'll let me play the hold on.
4: Russell, I have a couple officers that are out there right now. Can you do me a favor and open your front door? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. It's
4: Russell, are the officers inside with you now? Uh, Honey, I'm going to go ahead and hang up and we're going to try to call.
6: story starts more than a decade ago in a Missouri home when Russ Faria found his wife, 42 year old Elizabeth or Betsy, dead in their living room. In December 2011, the 41-year-old left his house and drove to a friend in St. Louis. He left at 9 p.m. and began the half-hour drive home, stopping at an Arby's for dinner along the way. Soon after, Russ discovered the gruesome scene. Betsy had been stabbed multiple times and her body was cold and stiff. At the time, she had been fighting cancer which had returned after Betsy's diagnosis the year before, she had been told that it had metastasized to her liver and she wouldn't have long to live. So it wasn't a long stretch for Russ to think she may have taken her own life, as Betsy had attempted to before. When police arrived, they quickly determined the death was a homicide, given the number of stab wounds, even after protesting (coughs) his innocence several times. Russ was charged with murder after being questioned by detectives for nearly a day. Notice how it's
0: on tape. It's not in this room right now. And God knows that I did not do
6: it. Investigators found a pair of his slippers in the house that appeared to have been dipped in Betsy's blood dipped. and believed that he may have faked his devastation. Russ would spend nearly four years in jail as the system failed him one step at a time. First, the police, then the judge and prosecution, and finally the jury. Yet, in spite of this, it took his defense lawyer, Joel Schwartz, only a few hours to deduce who likely committed the murder. Schwartz was hired by the accused's cousin and advised that he look closely at Pam Hupp, a friend of Betsy's who had been acting strangely. Hupp had driven Betsy home the day of the murder and was the last person to see her alive. The 53-year-old also had a motive. She had been named Betsy's life insurance policy beneficiary only four days before the murder. Furthermore, the lawyer found several inconsistencies in Hub's statements to the police. But the cops trusted the mother of two for some reason.
0: Did you go inside? Uh,
2: no.
4: So did you ever go actually go inside the house?
2: I did. Well, we just went
0: in. She turned on the hall light. Sound familiar? Inconsistent stories. Who else has told inconsistent stories? Oh, yeah, Jen McCabe. She's got a different story every time she speaks to the police about... Uh, Did he get out of the car? Did the door open? Did they leave? What time did they leave? I don't know. It's a different story. Every time it's the same shit. And that wasn't a red flag at no point was because they had already decided Russ Faria did this and that she was useful. I mean, this is the problem with police. You see this all the time in murder investigations when they decide that you're guilty in their minds. They think like, that's it. I mean, these people are just human. They're just human. And although they probably get it right 90% of the time or whatever, uh, that the the ones that count are the times when they don't, I'd rather see the 90, like this is an ethical thing. A lot of people debate, like, would you rather see 90% of guilty people go free and the 10% of, you know, wrongly accused go free, or are you willing to sacrifice those 10%? I'm not, I, it's just like, I'm not, I, I, I think anyone in jail, like that is in, that is the, one of the worst injustices you can possibly do a society that takes away people's life, essentially their freedom and their Liberty. Like that is unacceptable, unacceptable to put innocent people in jail for crimes that they did not commit. We cannot allow that sacrifice to continue just on the whims of a detective. These detectives, they're just like, well, I've been doing this for a fucking 25 years. I know a guilty person when I see one. And then they, they just decide you're guilty. And they don't even look... Oh, this woman, she, she couldn't have done it. Look at her. This old lady, she couldn't have done it.
6: The judge at Russ Faria's 2013 trial barred Schwartz from introducing Hub as a suspect, ruling that none of the issues surrounding Hub qualified as a direct connection to the murder. The jury also never heard that Pam Hub insisted on driving Betsy home that night or that she was the only beneficiary.
0: So that's the other part of this, right? Is Pam Hupp had, uh, or Betsy Faria had a cancer treatment, a chemotherapy that day. And it's draining if anyone ever has gone through chemo. Right. And, uh, Betsy's mother or Russ, one of them was going to pick her up. That was the plan. Then, uh, no, no, I apologize. Her mother was going to get her, bring her to her house and Russ was going to go there and get her. I believe that was the plan. But then Pam inserted herself into it. And Pam insisted, went to the mother's house, went to Betsy's mother's house and insisted, I, I'll give you a ride home. I'll give her a ride home. Just like Jen McCabe was insisting that John O'Keefe go over 34 Fairview Road that night. Insisting on it. Um, what else here? Uh. Hupp also claims that she dropped her off at seven and her Betsy's daughter called her at seven 21 and she didn't answer. Remember they believe she was killed. She was dead by seven twenty. cell phone evidence shows that Pam Hupp was in. The, she claims she dropped her off at seven and left, but cell phone evidence puts her in the vicinity of that house until seven 35. So she didn't just drop her off and leave. She hung around. None of this was allowed to be presented at trial. None of it. Like, and it would not be surprised. I guarantee you the prosecution in the KRE case is going to try to suppress the Google search. Like that. that's what this whole bullshit is about right now. Like they know that nobody understands what the fuck they're talking about. And that's their plan. They're going to be like, well, we don't know who's right. So let's just not introduce it at all. That's going to be their plan. And they know they got the home cooking with Auntie Bev. They know it. So that's what they're going to try to do. Um, Hup texted uh, Betsy at 720 and just said home, but yet her cell phone records put her right outside the house or in the vicinity of the house. And remember that word document I mentioned earlier about the Russ is going to kill me thing on her laptop. There's just one problem with that word document. Microsoft word was not installed on Betsy's laptop. And that was the only document on her computer with an unknown author. So she, Pam hop wrote it herself after the fact she went on there and she wrote it herself. Now, another woman in 2000, uh, while this was going on, like a lot of people were like the, the, the St. Louis area was all buzzing about this story. And everybody knew that Pam Hupp was guilty as shit and the rush was likely innocent. But it didn't matter because the prosecutor and the judge and the people who had the guns, right? They were able to basically say, Like we're not going to introduce any of this stuff at trial and we're not. And so people like me were out there being like, what the hell? Like, this is outrageous. This woman's clearly shady as shit. Like she, remember the civil deposition was going on at the same time. The civil case with the insurance money was going on at the same time. She, she took all this money and then she didn't give it to the kids. She just kept it. That's crazy. And so somebody called her, a woman by the name of Robin Taylor called her. And guess what the prosecutors, guess what the DA's office did? They charged this woman with criminal harassment of Pam Hupp because you can't be mean to Pam Hupp. Pam Hupp has to be protected, much like Jen McCabe has to be protected at all costs. So we play some more of this tape. This is wild, the similarities in these stories.
6: It seemed as if Russ's rock-solid alibi was not enough. The four friends Russ had watched movies with testified to his whereabouts that night. As did video surveillance from stops he made and an Arby's receipt found in his car. He was found guilty and ultimately sentenced to life plus thirty years. Until a new trial in late 2015, a judge found Russ Faria was not guilty and set him free. At the end of Russ's second trial, Schwartz warned that if Hub were not prosecuted, she would likely kill again.
0: So, that, so he gets a new trial. He's got this great attorney. His name is Joel Schwartz. He appeals it. Uh, and after, I think, f- three or four years in prison, Russ gets uh, his conviction overturned in November of 2015. Now, other things that led to the overturn of the conviction, right, were... Um, Obviously um, a lot of media coverage of this helped. Uh, And by the way, several of those judges convictions ended up getting overturned as a result of her failure with this trial, which kind of gives credence to the, like a lot of people have said that they're covering for this because they don't want the Brian Walsh case to go South and they don't want other things that Michael Proctor has worked with to go South, but that's on them again. I'm okay with Brian Walsh getting away with this if it means that Karen Reed gets, guess, is like If you would ask me what I would prefer, Brian Walsh and Karen Reed in jail or both of them free, I would say both of them free. And I'm okay with that because that's not my fault. That's Michael Proctor's fault. Like that's their fault. And then they can deal with the public fallout of that. You motherfuckers let this obvious murderer go free because you fucked up. You wanted to protect Brian Albert. You did that. That's your fault. I'm okay with Brian Walsh going free if it means Karen Reed is exonerated. Like that's just I, I'm willing to make that trade-off. Like, I'm not willing to let an innocent person go to jail just so Brian Walsh goes to jail, too. No, that's unethical. Unethical. Um, so a new th- trial was allowed, and the third-party culprit defense was allowed to be used for Russ Faria on his second trial. A CSI agent exam- who examined the crime scene ends up testifying that the slippers they found in there uh, hadn't been bloodied by stepping in blood. They had been dipped in the blood, she determined. So they came in and dipped them and put them out there, much like John's body was staged. It was just put out there. It's the same shit. They just staged the crime scene. It's not not brain surgery. And they got away with it. This is a woman who has no connections, Pam Hupp. And she could get away with this. Think of what you can do if you're as powerful as the McAlberts. And yes, we're going to get to that. She might have killed two other people. Probably did, including her own mother. So... um. She started claiming, then all of a sudden Pam makes claims. She got a new defense. She says that her and Betsy were lesbian lovers and that she saw Russ and another man parked near the house when she dropped Betsy off. Okay. Okay. In 2016, Leah Askey, the prosecutor, and the sheriff's office ended up getting sued by Russ Faria. And the United States Attorney's Office of Eastern Missouri announced that a federal investigation into corruption was being launched. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? Uh, Leah Askey asked uh, the county commissioner's office, the local people, before the before the feds got involved, to investigate her. And they found no wrongdoing. Isn't that funny? They, like, the local townies investigate her and she they they determined that she was not corrupt the prosecutor not corrupt at all later on now so leah askey is no longer a prosecutor luckily i've she blocked me on instagram a couple years ago when i started commenting under pictures of her grandkids and uh asking how how, if they how she could face them and uh she claims now her story is that she didn't think that pam up was physically capable of doing that Okay. So you don't just, uh, Pam Hupp is a psychopath. Like to do what she did to Betsy Faria, which she obviously did, she has never been found guilty of that, by the way. She is in jail for life, but not for killing Betsy Faria. She's in jail for killing that other guy I showed you, Louis Gumpenberger. We're going to get to that. And she did. Here we go.
4: 911,
0: where's your emergency? Hey,
4: hello, there's someone broken in my house. Help! What's ah. the address you're at? Get out.
0: That's Pam up.
4: Will we get you, will we get your wife? No, I'm not getting in the car with you. No, wait a minute. Get out, get out, get out.
0: Bam, 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 gunshots. Help!
4: Ma'am, what's the address you're at? Uh, help! Help! Ah. I have somebody breaking. No. Hello.
0: No. Oh, Fuck. Compare Band2 this to Russ's 911 tape.
4: Oh. What's the address you're at? Oh. Hello.
1: Hello.
4: Hello. Hello. there? you there? Where are I you at? intruder in my house. Where are you at?
0: I have an intruder in my house, she says. So this is Pam Huck uh, calling 911. Who broke into your home?
4: I don't, man, I don't know. A man broke into my home. Where is he at right, I'm going right now? Outside. I'm going outside. So she's
0: going outside the house. Come on, on. She, just, the on? she just shot someone.
4: The fire alarms are going off too. Is he inside? Yes. Is he a white male, a black male? Like, oh God, oh God, oh God,
1: oh he tried to get me in my car he in, to get me in my car in a garage He tried to, get, he tried to take me in
0: my car. He tried to kidnap me this is in 2016. Oh God, oh God, so We're important context office? by this point Russ this is like six months after Russ's conviction was overturned this happens Russ is now out on out of jail. Awaiting a second trial on this. Or wait, or, no, I apologize. I apologize. The conviction was overturned. Uh, I don't think there's double jeopardies. So I don't even think he was facing another trial. So it, initially, he was granted another trial in early 2015, and then the conviction itself was overturned so they couldn't try him again. And then this happens Pam Hup says she's basically a victim of an attempted kidnapping. Some guy comes into her home. She doesn't know him. And she shoots him in self-defense.
4: on the way, ma'am. Where are you at right now in the home? I'm in the garage. I'm in You're in garage. the garage? My car. He's still in the house. Okay. Can you run to a neighbor's house? I don't think there's anybody home there. I <laughs> here. I hit my dog. I hit my puppy. All you all have so your my... puppy with you? Oh, my God. Yeah. She has her puppy. You have no idea who the subject is? No. Are there any weapons in the home? Yes, there's a gun on my bed. I shot him. <laughs> there's a gun on my bed. You I shot, shot him? I shot him. Yes, I shot, I shot him. him. He tried to get in my bedroom after me and I shot him.
0: He tried to get in my bedroom. I thought it was in the garage. There's a gun
4: in the home. She said
0: she shot him. Even though it's the 91 operator, it's like, what? As far as you know, is he filling a room?
4: No, motherfucker, no, no, he's, he's in, in the hallway. That. I, I shot him in the, in the hallway. Is he moving? No, I shot him. No, I shot that motherfucker. What's he doing? not moving oh hurry you already hurry. have help on the way just stay on the line with me i'm so scared is the garage door open yes everything's open i was leaving out of my car where are
1: they where are they're they? on
4: the way ma'am are you injured no no he didn't get me he didn't get to me He didn't get you? No, he did not get me. They're not here yet. They're not here. I understand they're not there yet. Okay,
0: you guys get the point. So here's what really happened, right, in this case. uh, So what actually happened was that uh, she went around. Like, she had gone. This is in 2016. This guy, the the victim's name there, his name is Louis Gumpenberger. He was, you know, mentally challenged. And he had, when they got there, the cops found $900 in sequential $100 bills on him. Sequential. With a note, conveniently in his pocket. And the note, it was typed, I believe, with the instructions to, quote, kidnap Pam Hupp, get Russ's inheritance money, from her bank and then kill her and make it look like Russ's wife with the knife sticking out. That's what it said. So like he had a note on him, like in case he forgot, because these are really complicated instructions. Here's 900 bucks kill or t- kidnap Pam Hupp, take to bank, get, Inheritance money that she got from Betsy Faria, which says Russ's money, and whatever. So, in case you haven't figured out what happened, here is she framed, she's trying to frame Russ got Russ got convicted of murder, of murdering his wife, and then was exonerated. And and she wasn't happy about that. So she's like, Well, let's frame him again. And so she kills this guy, Louis Gumpenberger, and plants a note on him, making it look like Russ paid him 900 bucks to go there and kidnap her, get her money, and kill her, okay? Except she got caught pretty quick for this. So her story was that she was just sitting in her driveway in a garage when this guy gets dropped off there, gets out, and comes in the garage with a knife and demands that she drive to the bank with him to get Russ's money. But then she, quote, karate chopped the knife out of his hand. And then she fled inside the house, not outside, into the house. He follows after her, and she gets a gun and shoots him. And that's what you heard on the 911 tape. Hupp had then gone around town. As it turns out, she had been pretending to be a Dateline producer. She had been going around pretending to be a Dateline producer named Kathy because she had seen, like, Dateline was on to her from the beginning. Like, the first time Russ was tried, they covered that trial and they covered what was not presented in court, the Pam Hupp angle. And so she had seen, like, she was like taunting the Dateline people. So she had been going around to the slums. She went to, like, the trailer parks of Missouri. And had gone up to people, including a woman by the name of, what was this woman's name? Um, her name was Carol McAfee. Cell phone records have her in Gumpenberger and McAfee's neighborhood one hour before the shooting. This guy she'd never met before. She was in his neighborhood one hour before the shooting. She brought her phone with her. Idiot. And The first person she tried to get was Carol McAfee. And let me see if we have uh, the video here of Carol McAfee. Let's see. Here it is. Okay. All right. Let me pull this one up.
2: where
5: she turned around the park where she found carol alford tonight we're hearing from her from the first time
3: i sat there and i listened to tim lomar tell me his version of how he thinks i was supposed to die that day talk about leaving you numb from the neck down it it's hard you know you, you make jokes about it whatnot and but you sit and you think about she was really gonna kill me
5: August 10th, 2016, Carol Alford was on the porch with her dog when Pam Hupp drove by. It was captured on this surveillance video.
3: She waved. I was like, okay, waved, you know, thought maybe she was new in the neighborhood and she drove down the street, came back and she just pulled up behind my driveway and she just sat there and she was just staring at me.
5: Alfred remembers bizarre questions, starting with, do you babysit? And ending with an offer to make $1,000 if she'd go with Pam to do a 911 segment for the show Dateline. So if
3: I help her, I can't bring my keys, my cigarettes, my cell phone, or my wallet because the producer does not like clutter.
5: Alfred took her dog inside and grabbed two knives. So I
3: put a folding pocket knife up this sleeve and a kitchen knife in the front because I'm getting ready to get into a stranger's car that I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure, is up to something illegal.
5: Alfred did not even have oh, shoes on when she got in Hupp's car.
3: Yeah, I was this close to her. Rubbing elbows. I had the one here There's a reason
0: he went, she went to this part of town. Because she's like, these are the people that are the most expendable. These are the people that I can, whatever, you know. She didn't go to the rich part of town. She went to this part of town. She gets the woman, the pajama pants and no shoes, uh, that brings a knife with her. Who thinks something shady is going on? She's like, Yeah, you want to make a thousand bucks? I work for Dateline. We're going to reenact. She tells her we're gonna reenact the Betsy Faria killing. That's what she says.
3: My pocket, like on the handle, because if I had to, I was coming out this way with it. And by the way,
0: I've talked to this woman before, I messaged her a couple years ago about this, and I was gonna I wanted to have her on the show. So she's by the way. She's now engaged to Russ Faria. They ended up becoming a couple. And uh, so she, I messaged her. And we had conversations about her coming on the show. And then I, I, I didn't talk to her for a while. I just forgot about it. And then I messaged her like when the Karen Reed thing started. Because I'm like, wow, this is really similar. I messaged her about it. And then she blocked me. It was bizarre. We got to get, get this woman on the show. I don't know why she blocked me. I can't message her anymore. But anyway. As
5: Hup talked about where they'd be shooting the news segment, Alfred's gut told her the knives were not enough protection.
3: So I'm thinking to myself right about now, hmm, best excuse I can come up with to get out of this car. We get to about here, and that's when I told her that, you know, I got to go back and get some shoes, lock my door because of my husband's dog, whatever. Right here is where she turned around at and took me back to my house. She started to get out of her car and as she leaned forward, she looked up and kind of leaned back in her car. She's like, you have cameras on your house. And I'm like, not only do I have cameras on my house, but I know how to dial 911 and I have a knife in my pocket. Have a good day.
5: Six days later, Hupp found someone else, Lewis Gumpenberger. Prosecutors say Hupp drove him to her home, called 911 while Gumpenberger read a script they believe Hupp gave him, then shot him to death. Police found $900 in his pocket and a note with instructions to stab Hupp to death and get Russ's money. Prosecutors say Hupp planted the note and that Russ is Russ Faria, a man wrongfully convicted in 2013 for the murder of his wife, Betsy. He was exonerated after a second trial revealed evidence Pam Hupp could have been the killer. Hupp was never charged with Betsy Faria's murder in Lincoln County, but St. Charles County prosecutors say she was feeling the heat. That she plotted killing Alfred and Gumpenberger to convince people Russ
0: Faria was the bad guy.
3: Knowing what I know now, that me getting in her car that day and trying to
0: so she so she 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 saw Russ out of jail as a threat. I mean, what did she care? I I still don't really understand why she killed this guy. It's like she saw Russ, I guess, as a threat to the money. She just wanted to keep the money, the inheritance money. She did not want to give up that money. And she's on tape saying, like, if I wanted money, I could kill my mother. We're going to get to that, too. We're going to get to that. So they end up finding that she had bought the paper and the pen that were used to write the note, I guess. Uh, and they got in the knife at the dollar store. She bought a knife at a dollar store. I didn't know you could do that, that the guy had on him. They found that, remember, there was only 900 bucks on him and she was offering 1000 she had the other one hundred dollar bill, which was in sequential order in her wallet. She kept a hundred dollars—that cheap piece of shit. She kept on, and they got it's like they were in sequential order, so they got it that way. Like, it was undeniable. And as soon as the police start, like they get her for this murder immediately. There's no fooling the, at this point. Like she got away with murder once, they're not gonna let her get away with it again. And so what Pam tries to do when she gets into jail is she tries killing herself, but wait, do you see how she does this when they start questioning? i oh, and pull this tape up.
7: Fired five times. The police quickly responded to the call. And when they arrived at the scene, they found the deceased nice. body of Louis Grumpenberger crumpled oh. in a hallway of Pamela's home. An investigation began immediately. Louis Grumpenberger was quickly identified as the assailant. When his body was searched, police found $900 in cash, along with a note tucked into his clothing, which contained ominous instructions. Ooh. Kidnap Hup. I mean, look at this. Get Russ's money from Hup at her bank. Look
0: at the way she wrote it, too. She, like, tries to make him look like Flowers for Algernon, Chapter 2.
7: Tank. And kill Hup. Take Hup back to the house and get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Make it look like Russ's wife. Make sure knife is sticking out of neck. All this for a reward of $10,000. Pamela went voluntarily to the station for questioning and told police the story of her supposed assault.
2: The car came down really fast on the cross street and looked around right in front of my driveway because I'm right at the end here's the cross street and here's my driveway. So they came out and did this right in front of my driveway. And I looked up because it was so fast and startling. And somebody jumped out. And I was like, wow, somebody, I don't know what I thought. If somebody was hurt. I don't know what was going on. It was so fast. And then he ran up. I was halfway out the driveway where I was parked. And he jumped in my car. He opened up the door and jumped in my car. Which door? the uh, passenger. Front or back? Oh, front. Professor. Go ahead. And um, he had a bunch of stuff in his hands. I don't know what he had, but he had a knife also, but he had something in his other arm. I don't know what he had. And um, he put a knife and kept going, um, just yelling random stuff like, you're going to take me to the bank and get Russ's money. Okay, yeah, so...
7: He held a knife to her throat, telling her to drive like to, the to the bank and throat. withdraw what? Russ's money. Referring, and
2: then my mind just starts swirling because I'm like, going to the bank. This is so freaking weird. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to the bank with you. Get out of I my- mean,
0: just her arrogance is so similar to Gemma Caves. Like, she knows she can get away with it. She gets and doesn't mind talking, doesn't mind talking to police. It's the same shit. He's, it's a narcissist. My
2: car and he goes, bitch, you go we're going to the bank, we're getting Russ's money. And, and he started getting all agitated and oh, now as I ran into the garage saying stuff. And then the door flew open. he got in. It was really hard.
7: Did any rounds go or are, are there gonna be any bullet holes in the door? Uh into the bedroom? She what shot him five times. The door was
2: fun blah, blah, blah. You're not gonna reclub.
7: After all the stories Pamela had spun over the last years, this was the one which would lead to her undoing. Something about it just didn't ring true, and finally, after all these years, and after three horrific murders, Pamela Hupp's story began to unravel. Though Betsy's husband Russ had been convicted and put away for Betsy's murder, he never stopped trying to prove his innocence and to find justice for his beloved wife. After years of appeals and hearings, the evidence against Pamela, implicating her in Betsy's murder, was set to be brought before a judge. And in the months before her mother's death, Pamela had been questioned again, and she knew that a case against her was building in that case as well. So, given how comfortable... So, with her mom, right?
0: So in 2013, after, I believe this is after Betsy was killed, right? Pam's mother dies. So she, and Pam was the last one to see her as well. She had just gone out to dinner or something with Pam and Pam brought her back to her apartment. She lived in like the fifth, uh, fourth or fifth floor. And they found in her system, a whole bunch of um, her, her mom's name is Shirley Newman, Okay, she lived alone in a third floor apartment. She had dementia and arthritis. She had spent the day with Pam Hop following a hospital visit, much like, you know, Betsy Faria, like. Was weak from the chemotherapy. At approximately five o'clock, she dropped her off at her apartment and telling her not to expect her for dinner that evening or breakfast the following day. A housekeeper found her dead beneath the balcony at two thirty the next day. The aluminum uh, balcony railing was broken. Following a police investigation, the medical examiner concluded that she had died from blunt trauma to the chest, resulting from an accidental fall. An autopsy later found that she had 0.84 micrograms of a sedative called Zolpidem in her blood. uh, Over eight times the expected concentration from someone taking a normal dose. So she had been drugged. The next month, uh, the same people who investigated the Betsy Faria case received an uh, anonymous note suggesting that Pam Hupp had murdered her mother for the life insurance. Hupp and her siblings had each received $120,000. Earlier that year, prior to her mother's death, she had been videotaped in the um, Betsy Faria investigation saying this is her quote her quote was uh if i my mom's worth half a million dollars that i get when she dies if i really wanted money there was an easier way than trying to combat somebody that's physically stronger than me <laughs> she's like if i wanted to kill someone i just kill my mom and then her mom dies mysteriously falls out of a balcony the police reopened their investigation but after interviewing the housekeeper who had found the body and uh her and and Pam's brother both of whom said that Newman was unsteady they concluded that it was accidental. They never interviewed Pam Hop either. So also like the shady part about that was um a railing like one piece of um railing had been, was missing, like, and it, it was suggested that, like, the mother fell through the railing or something like that. It was like a pole, except the, 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 the company that made the pole did a bunch of tests, and it's, like, impossible for what happened to have happened, like, impossible, they determined. And so she probably got away with killing her mother as well, okay? This woman is a serial killer and a psychopath. Like, the most, one of those dangerous, diabolical people ever. I mean, what she did to Betsy Faria, man, 55 times to kill your own mother. You don't just kill once, I'm telling you. Like, that's the thing here. It's just like, okay, so Carol Reed's innocent. She's going to be acquitted. If these motherfuckers, if, if somebody doesn't go to jail for killing John O'Keefe, like, there are killers out there. You don't just stop killing. Once a killer, always a killer. You know, like, Especially after you get a taste for it. And you're like, oh, I can get away with this shit. Because that's the lesson that these people are going to learn from this is, oh, yeah, we can get away with this. No biggie. No biggie. Play a little more.
7: While Pam was with murder as a way to solve her problems, she decided to implicate Russ in a further crime, believing it would take the spotlight off of her. So Pam set about manufacturing yet another murder. She lured Lewis Grumpenberger to her home, posing as a presenter from the television program Dateline NBC. She convinced this innocent man that he was there to help her reenact a 911 call for a segment on that show. And once he was in the perfect position, Pam shot him and planted the evidence on his body in an attempt to make it appear as if Lewis was a hired hitman hired by Russ from prison to retrieve his money. To the investigators who heard Pam's story, it all seemed rather far-fetched. Starting with a member of the public having filed a complaint just five days before Lewis was shot, the woman said that she had been approached by a person who had asked her to be a part of the Dateline show reenactment. The description the woman gave of the supposed TV presenter matched Pam's appearance perfectly. That woman had declined the offer to help reenact the 911 call but had been so disturbed by the encounter, she contacted police. After soliciting this woman to be her next victim and being refused, Pam would next approach Louis Grumpenberger, who would, unfortunately, accept the fake proposal. Police obtained cell phone records showing Pamela was in Lewis's neighborhood about an hour before the shooting, despite Pam's claim that she's hand was found to have been purchased at a dollar store by Pam. And the paper the supposed instructions were written on matched a pad of paper which was found. In Pam's home.
0: Motherfucker didn't get and rid of the And All of this
7: evidence was corroborated by the fact that due to Lewis's previous car accident and subsequent mental and physical disabilities, but you it this was guy. unlikely that he would have had the physical ability to even carry out the acts that Pam was the, alleging. The motive. On the 23rd of August 2016, <laughs> Pamela was finally arrested and charged with first degree murder and armed criminal action. Her time had come. Pamela would not be getting away with murder this time.
5: She knows she's on camera, so she's subtle. Watch this. Watch this. She grabs the water bottle to hide the pen.
6: This is her when she's about to be arrested.
5: She takes the pen behind her to hide it in her pants, then her neck again. It appears she's looking for her jugular or another vein she's about to strike with the pen. That's where she's right, escorted stop. to the bathroom, where she stabs herself. There's an, There's an offer here from the last that's, that's, that's
0: going to to the bathroom,
5: okay. About five minutes pass when you can hear officers yelling.
7: While in custody, Pamela stole a pen from one of the investigators and proceeded to stab herself in the neck and wrists when she was in the bathroom in an attempt to end her own life. But her attempts to harm herself were unsuccessful, and prosecutors were unsympathetic to what they labeled as consciousness of guilt. In January 2017, Pam pleaded not guilty to her charges, and prosecutors stated they would seek the death penalty, in part due to her choice of Lewis as a victim, given his particular vulnerabilities. By this point, the spotlight had landed squarely on Pamela, and over the course of the investigation into Lewis's murder, further questions started to be asked about her close connection with two previous deaths—that of her best friend, Betsy, and of her own mother, Shirley. Prosecutors could no longer deny that her association with both Betsy Faria and Shirley Newman was suspicious so police would reopen the investigation into both cases with their eyes now open to the possibility of Pamela's involvement. Shirley see, Newman, see
0: how they're testing it there? That was them testing the railings out. And they're like, there's no fucking way she did that. This
7: cause of death was eventually changed from accidental to undetermined. In 2018, the judge in Lewis's murder stated prosecutors could not use information about Shirley's death in the trial against Pam but he did rule that they could use evidence relating to the death of Betsy Faria as they pled their case. Pamela's trial date was set for June of 2019, but just before it started, Pamela entered an Alford plea in the murder of Louis Grumpenberger. She wouldn't be pleading guilty, but an Alford plea is an admission that the evidence against her would likely be overwhelming. This meant that Pam wouldn't go to trial in Lewis's death and as a condition of this plea, she would not face the death penalty. Pamela told her husband from jail you know that she, she only is? used Does this that look option familiar? so that her children Does would... that
0: look familiar? Smiling? It's like, it's Jen McCabe! It's Jen McCabe! It's the same thing! Except she actually was the actual person who did the murder. Like, she's much more vicious. Jen McCabe's a pussy at the end of the day and a coward. This woman's dangerous. This woman will fucking kill you kill you walking around all wouldn't
7: have to witness an ugly trial after the Alford plea the lincoln county prosecutor announced that he would be reopening the betsy faria homicide investigation by this point russ had already wrongly served three and a half years in jail for his wife's murder Despite numerous appeals and admissions that there were flaws in the initial investigation, it had taken until 2015 for him to be released on bond pending a new trial. In 2021, Pamela was interviewed in connection with the murder of Betsy for the first time as a suspect. Less than four days after this interview, Pamela was charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action. The same charges brought against Russ nearly 10 years earlier. The prosecutor stated he would seek the death penalty due to the heinousness and depravity of the crime and Pamela's attempts to deflect blame onto Betsy's husband. While this case has not yet gone to court, they will claim that Pamela killed Betsy in an.
0: And so they're suing now, Pam, because of stupid COVID. She made bank off of COVID in jail somehow, like you know that all prisoners got COVID money, and so that's one thing that they're suing her for now, is uh, is the COVID money. And by yeah, so she took this Alfred plea basically to avoid the death penalty because it's a death penalty state, which you know it's like. That's why it's like I'm a little bit against the death penalty because it's it's too often used as a bargaining chip to get people to plea to life in prison, and it, like that could you know that, that's scary. If you were innocent, I don't know. I just think if you are innocent, what would you do? I don't know. It seems like an unfair thing to hold over someone's head. We'll drop the death. We'll take the death penalty off if you just plead a murder and send life in prison.
7: Effort to defraud her out of a life insurance policy. They believe once she found out that Betsy was dying of cancer, she befriended her with her intentions clear from the start. On that terrible day, she waited until Betsy was asleep on the couch after her treatment, which would have left her weak and tired. Then Pam repeatedly stabbed her good friend as she slept, stopping when the knife became so embedded in her throat she had to find another to complete the attack. Pam took off one of her friend's socks and then used it to spread blood around the home, including onto Russ's slippers, before placing them back on Betsy's feet. After Russ's release, a new trial ultimately exonerated him and his conviction was overturned, In 2020, Russ received a $2 million settlement in his claim against unlawful imprisonment. Russ had filed a number of lawsuits, alleging unethical behavior from the prosecutor and investigators at the time of his initial arrest, and yet no one has faced charges in that matter. This is despite testimony from witnesses claiming Russ was targeted as a suspect from the outset, and that there were inappropriate relationships between those involved in the investigation leading to his arrest being predetermined. In May of 2022, it was announced that an inquiry would be undertaken to establish if there was any misconduct in the initial investigation. Prosecutors stated they would not be seeking to file charges against Pamela for the death of her mother, Shirley. But after her imprisonment in September of 2020, Pamela's husband filed for divorce, claiming that their marriage was irretrievably broken. And Betsy's murder became the subject of six. You hear that, Matt McCabe? That's your future. Separate <laughs> episodes, ironically, on Dateline NBC, the show she had impersonated six working episodes. for when committing the murder of Lewis. Until Pamela faces her final charges in Betsy's murder, she remains incarcerated at the Chillicothe Correctional Center. <laughs> <laughs> a preliminary hearing was scheduled for February of 2022, but was delayed indefinitely after Hupp's public defender died of a heart attack. Oh, isn't that but convenient? whenever this trial inevitably takes place, we can rest assured that so the Betsy Faria
0: uh, is still not gotten justice. Luckily, you know, because of Lewis Gumpenberger, she's just, woman's never gonna get out of jail, but uh, Russ's kids still afterwards, um, did not talk to him until 2021. They officially apologized to him because uh, they're adults now. Um, and it's just like, I, I, I wonder what that's going to be like with Karen Reed when this is done. It's like what I think about that sometimes is how, how will John's kids react when Karen Reed is acquitted for this? Like, and that's why I want convictions. That's why it's like not enough. Cause I think about those kids. Because if if she got if they turn her into Casey Anthony or OJ, like that's you know I, I'm sure Karen has accepted that, like whatever, like you know, uh, but I'm sure it would probably if I were her, it would feel good to have you know those kids who you were a major part of their life come back to you and be like I'm I'm so sorry, you know I'm really like wow I can't believe they did that to you because those kids have been fed nothing but lies and poison this whole time and have been and made to believe that Karen Reed did this when she clearly didn't. And the people who are around her, maybe if Jen McCabe stole life insurance policy from them, they might feel a little different, but you know how much did Paul Keith make off of this, you know? Oh, it's totally not their fault. They're fucking kids. They're fucking kids, man. They've been lied to the whole time. They're victims in this. They are victims of the same people who have been lying to everyone this entire time everyone so hey i'll be right i gotta go get a, a drink of water i ran out of water hold on let me play something here. hold on what video can i play or anything good turtle douche <laughs> i find like a two-minute video to play hold on
4: Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna look up my name. I get it. Okay, but I know I know how much comes up on my name, and that that bothers me to a certain extent. Just because my daughter and I were talking about all this, because I'll be I'll be I'll be straightforward with everybody here. Um, when I first got this information, I went to my children who are 12 and 15. They're not little kids or whatever. And I said, I have some really incriminating information on Aiden. They obviously know who he is at this point. What should I do with it? And my son said, well, if it's going to hurt his family, I wouldn't do it uh, because you're going to look petty and hypocritical. And, you know, it hurt us a lot, and I don't want to do that to anyone else. And I said, okay, my daughter, who has been much more affected because Aiden has really focused on her, and she's 15 years old, said, fucking bury him. All right, um, and you know, ship
6: off your block. She,
4: she did though. You know, and one thing that she said to me today, when we were discussing this, is she-
0: oh yeah, that's disturbing. So that that's actually Krusty Fanny's talking about when she got sent. Um, you know, the videos. The first thing she did when she got those videos is she apparently went to her children, her teenage children. And, and like, hey, kids, look at these videos of this strange, of this man cranking it. And what should I do with these videos? Like, I'm going to leave it up to the children to decide what I'm going to do with these videos of this guy cranking it. And, and her kid says, fucking bury him. Because that's not disturbing. That sounds like a well-adjusted child. Like, okay. Um, but yeah. But yeah. Oh, no, I mean, the kids have nothing to apologize for. Because they're fucking kids. Um, I'll talk about Johns there. They have nothing to apologize for. No, not at all. Even if they testify against her, doesn't matter. Because they're just ch- children and they're being manipulated in this whole thing and lied to. Um, so there's that. Okay, let me read a couple uh, turtle chats here. I've got a um, couple in the house to read. First is from Bill. He sends 50 bucks. Thank you, Bill. He goes, thanks for all you have done to expose this tra- travesty of justice against Karen Reed. I agree completely, Bill, and it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Meredith sends 50 bucks. Thank you, Meredith. Oh, it's Meredith from the Canton Nine. She goes, guess what? I caved and made more ornaments for all you slackers who didn't order last month. Man, those ornaments, I did, like. she sold out. The, the Turtle Boy Merry Christmas or, oh, ornaments, those are a bestseller. She goes, I made, um, she made more. Tomorrow, only there will be free Karen, Reed, and Turtle Boy ornaments at the protest with Jess from the Canton Nine. There will even be surprised limited edition protest ornaments. Turtle Boy has seen them. Yes, I have. And they won't disappoint. Thank you to everyone attending the protest tomorrow and supporting the Canton Nine. Thank you very much uh, for that, Meredith. I appreciate that. Okay. Um and let me make sure I didn't miss any others. Turtle chat. Uh I got a couple cash apps, I think. Let me read these. Uh first is from Kyle. Says uh sends 25 bucks and says DC is fine. DC is fine. Okay, thank you, Kyle. Fat McAlbert sends 20 bucks and say says, say hi to Aunt Chris for me. Uh, free Karen and turtle boy. Well, thank you very much. I don't know who Aunt Chris is, but okay. Um, I definitely, if you're talking about Chris Albert, I definitely cannot say hi to him because he's very scared and very intimidated, uh, by this. So, you know, I, the reason I talk about the Pam up case is just like, I think about it for all the people saying, Oh, this could never happen. All these institutions couldn't get this wrong. Come on. It's really not that hard. It's really not that complicated. Even some schmuck idiot like Pam Hupp, who is not a smart criminal, like really shouldn't have no reason to get away with this. Like she did everything wrong. She brought her cell phone with her. She didn't make sure that Russ had an alibi. She uh, went out of her way to make sure that she was the one that picked her up. She collect she, 4 days before she made sure that she got the life insurance and then she didn't give it to the kids. She did everything possibly wrong that you could. And the prosecutor was still like, "Yeah, I don't give a shit." And the judge is like, "Yeah, I don't give a shit." Because the prosecutor's fucking the lead detective, Michael Lang, for some reason. And it's just like it's the same shit, man. It's the same shit. So like it, if some schmuck like like Pam Hupp can get away with this with no connections, think about what a bunch of politically connected people in a place where the district attorney faces no chance of ever getting losing an election at all. And a judge who isn't even elected is just appointed and gets that seat for life and has no chance of ever losing it. And think of what they could do to someone if they're just like, yeah, she, she did it. And then just the the people who had the obvious, you know, last person to see him. Uh, evidence seems to point towards you did this. You Googled something shady at that time. Ryan Nagel statement, Lucky Locker statement, all these people. And it just doesn't matter because they don't look into it. If the people doing the investigation don't look, take that angle, then there's nothing you can do. There's just nothing you can do. And you have to wonder how often this happens. You do have to wonder how often does this happen? How many people get away with it? You know, you know, they, exactly. Like, I don't think for a second that these people haven't framed someone before. There's no, it came way too easily to them, man. It came way too easily. I don't think they might've committed a murder of a cop, but it just came too easy for them. These people, I'm telling you right now, like Colin Albert, Jim McCabe, they could have some Pam up in them, man. You 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 get away of killing someone, you're like, oh fuck, I really am untouchable. Like they just won't look into the Ford Edge. Like I I drove like a Colin Albert's, like thinking like I drove my fucking car there. I was seen apparently. I sat there helping stage a body because my uncle's mad at me because I killed someone in his house, covered in dog bites. And we just left that motherfucker there and got away with it. And they didn't even look for the Ford Edge. I can do whatever the fuck I want because I know the police. I know them. So they think that they can get away with anything because they can. So there's that. Okay. All right. Anyone have any questions they want to ask me or anything like that? (sighs) hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a little different kind of episode tonight. But I'd like to do more True Crime. The other one that's really got me interesting, the other Jen McCabe out there I noticed, is this Wendy Adelson person. Look her up. The woman in Florida whose husband, Dan Markle, uh, died, was killed nine years ago. Uh, Wendy's brother, Charlie, was just convicted of hiring the hitman to kill him. And there's no fucking way, if you watch these, wait do you see the Wendy Adelson interviews uh, and the her testifying on the stand and this shit? Like that, like that woman has Gemma Cabe written all over her. Like continue, like, like so dislikable. Her mother's in jail for uh, or like being involved in the murder of her ex-husband. Her brother's in jail, but she's not somehow. I feel like it's coming. I feel like that. There's no fucking way. She didn't No fucking way. And I guess I'm a true crimer now. I guess I'm a tr- I'm officially a true crimer. That's my thing now. I'm a true crime guy. Kind of, but not really, but okay. Um, anyone else have any questions they want to ask me before we call it a night? big day tomorrow with the protest, obviously. Yeah. People have, have sent that to me about the arrest of the everman for speaking out against the corrupt mayor. I got to. I, I need time to just review it all. There's only so many hours in the day and I'm just one guy. You know, I'd like to look into it more for sure. What do you think about the DEA being involved? I've never heard of that. I don't know anything about that. Wendy Adelson on the day of the murder drove by the scene. Of course she did. Do you see the post about someone getting their lug nuts loosened? I mean, did that? Is that confirmed? Would I consider myself a progressive? Uh on criminal justice reform, I, th- I guess that would make me one, right? That I just, I, I completely look at the system differently now. I used to assume it put back. I, th- I used to assume the system existed to put bad people in jail. I'm not. I don't think it does. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't think it does. I always thought, and I still feel this way, that it's too progressive in some ways because, like. I've seen it in court a million times. Like, look at the, look at the, um, the officer that was just killed in Waltham and, and and let's be the national grid worker too. Too often. We feel like two people were killed that day. Not like RIP to Paul Tracy, but also RIP to RIP to Roger Grant, who did nothing wrong. He was working. They were both killed. Okay. Um, and he's not going to get the bagpipes or any of that stuff, but his life mattered too. and, I look at that and I'm like, that guy who killed him, that guy should have been in jail a long time ago. He's done this a million times with his car. And he just keeps getting away with it. And so in that regard, I think our criminal justice system is way too progressive. It lets people who are clearly announcing to the world, I'm dangerous as fuck. The guy that killed Sean Gannon, they call him 125 because he had 125 prior charges. Violent too. And they're like, yo, I'm like the the definition of a bad frequent flyer repeat offender. You you can lock me up if you want and throw away the key. And these progressive judges just keep being like, let's give him a hundredth try. So, like, but then I see Kara Reed and they're like, Let's throw the book at that cunt or me. And they're like, Let's throw the book at him. He's the word. Like, I go into court, I'm treated like the scum of the earth. The judge, the way Judge Krupp is a liberal. Like a huge liberal. He gave money to Elizabeth Warren. And he's up here, like, kind of thumbing his nose, like, the way he looks at me, like, this guy's fucking, this is real bad. Mr. Bradle, do you believe a journalist should be saying that, quote, Yo, Colin, it's Turtle Boy from them Advantage boys. Bang, bang. Do you believe that is a first amendment journalistic thing? Cause I read the New York times every day and I don't see anyone in the New York times ever saying bang, bang, Mr. Mr. Bradle. Can you explain that one? Okay. Yeah. So I guess in some way, I guess some ways I am in some ways I'm not, uh, can we, I'll be on LTL, uh, on the LTL podcast on Wednesday. We should have like a, a big... We should have the glare around. We should all go on together. We should have like four or five people on there. It should be cool like that. But I'm not telling them how to do a show. I never would have linked the two because the murders are so different, but Wendy Adelson and Gemma Cave, they really are. They're, ve- they're The murders are very different, but the cuntiness is the same. Just saying. Will the feds forward all their geofence and cell phone data to special prosecutors when the McAlberts are finally implicated? Uh, yeah, well, the question is, will the feds forward all their geofence and cell data to Karen Reed's defense attorney prior to trial? That's the real question. That's the real question. Cause you know, they have geofence, you know, they have geofence, you know, they, they got what Karen Reed's lawyers couldn't get. Cause they're the FBI. They can get whatever they want, but are they ethically obligated? What if that compromises their own investigation? What if that gives away too much? Well, I I have a hard time believing they're just going to sit there and watch Karen Reed fry as they build a case. That seems unethical. The thirteenth juror has been following the case. She was at court every day of the brother. Oh, really? So she's been following that. Okay, I'll have to give. She's been great. That's Brandy's podcast, correct? Brandy Churchwell. I love how he wants to teach him a life lesson by making him help carry out the dead body. Or you won't hold them accountable for the murder. I'll follow. You know anything about the feds visiting Kevin Albert? I mean, these are just rumors. The feds wouldn't announce it. Uh, but, you know, I've heard, I, I find it hard to believe that a, a murder cover up happens in Canton without Kevin Albert knowing about it. Come on. Especially involving multiple members of the Albert family and Kevin's like in the dark. Come on. Stop it. Do you think Higgins has flipped 1,000%? I know Higgins is. I mean, I don't know. I think I feel like Jill Daniels gave that one away, right? Why don't you talk to Higgins? I mean, that, that, that interview is rather telling. So there's that. Do any other judges get high-profile cases besides Auntie Bev, Walsh, Reed, and the retrial of Manny Lopes? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, O'Shea has jurisdiction in that courtroom now. I don't know. Did you make it to Michelle Wu's Christmas? Uh, Maybe if I got a spray tan, you know. Oh, that was another thing. I mean, I I thought that was hilarious. Like Like I said in the story I published yesterday, the only thing I'm surprised about is that people are surprised. I'm like, have you guys missed the last five or six years of wokeness? Like, this is how it works now. You can just be racist to white people. It's okay. And white people will just take it. That's the beauty of white people. We'll just take it. Like, whatever, we don't want to go to that party anyway. We don't make a big deal out of shit. Like, we like too many. There's too many white people who have been trained to believe that, like, you know, because of the oppression that you had nothing to do with, you got to just deal with it. It's you can't go to the party and you got to accept that because it's kind of your fault. Ricardo Arroyo is a better person than you, so he gets to go to the dinner and you don't. That's how it works. Kendra Lara is a better person than you. Sorry. Um, <coughs> sorry, I got a little cold. Please focus on Karen Reed. Well, I feel like I am focusing a lot on Karen. Reed. I do do Elf on the Shelf for our kids. It's fun. I don't even know where the Elf is right now. Um, but ah, uh, oh, it is confirmed. It's confirmed. Wow, that's really low. That's really low. That's crazy. Oh, I read. Oh, that was the retweet. You had a lot in that tweet, though. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Okay, so about okay, this stuff about who went to the feds. It wasn't wantless who went to the feds, guys. Think about who went to the feds. Who you think went to the feds? Think. Think. We've got connections like who would go to the feds? Think, not going to say anything else, but it's pretty obvious. Um, confirmed on November 5th, deflated, another punctured. Really, was there a police report or anything? Sorry, I'm catching up. I'm on 1108 now. Who's Eileen? Did you see Kofindegger for talk about last night about light? Yeah, I mean, I I see her making, uh, she says a lot of dumb stuff. Sorry, I'm catching up on comments here. Who cares about those kids? They will never apologize. I mean, I wouldn't say who cares about them. They've been put through a lot. But they are victims here too. Yeah, Tim Bradle did a great job, obviously. A fantastic job on the Young Jerks. I was really proud of him there. That made me a proud client moment, if you will. Uh, really good to see him on there. I thought he killed it. And everybody, like for all the doubters, it's like, dude, he's, he's passionate about this man. Passionate. Those are the kind of like when we went into court, people are like, why didn't he say this? Why didn't he say that bitch? Cause it's not a turtle boy live show. And I don't even want her to say that stuff. It's like what the question was, why is judge Krupp giving him a pop quiz about my comments? Like that was the real question you should have been asking is we were there to, we were there to argue broader, issues of the first amendment about like when he's like yeah judge the things he said in in this the charging documents yeah he said all that and he's allowed to because the the first amendment allows him to say that so you should get rid he's a reporter doing his job you need to let him be able to do his job that was the issue like we don't deny that he said any of this shit even if i did say all that it's all protected It's all out of context, but we like, he did not think when we get in there, we're going to have to explain the fucking context of everything. That's insane. We're there to talk about the first amendment and the judge wanted to talk about like, what about this specific quote? So it wasn't Tim's fault. It was the fucking judge's fault. It was a setup. The whole thing was a setup. I'm reading these comments. I'm on 11-11 now. <coughs> oh my gosh. You guys asked. The Pats plus eight tomorrow? That's it? I thought it was plus 10. The Cox clan. I do like the Cox clan. Well, I don't think she would interview me. I don't think that would happen. The only difference between the prosecutors and the Dan Markel case is they actually wanted justice, so they wiretapped the Adelson. Is that how they got him? Wow. That's wild. I gotta read up on that case more. I just know Wendy Adelson rubbed me the wrong way. No, they actually said white people can, they, they sent the email out and it's like electeds of color, they call them, which is just wild electeds, which is not a word of color. Here's, here's the Christmas party. And then they sent a, a follow-up email because they sent it to everyone, even the whites. And like, sorry, whites, you weren't supposed to get that email. It was supposed to be like a secret. The elect, only the electeds of color were supposed to get that. Like What? Who is the linebacker in the red dress? That would be uh Liz Miranda. Read my stories about her, you newbies. There's LinkedIn there. They do try to defame everyone. The currens. By the way, like everyone in town is like on Karen's side, like everyone, this whole idea that the county, town of town of divided. It's really not it's team. If, if it's not team Karen, it's it's team. Like corruption is bad. Like that team. No, and it wasn't Higgins who went, to, I, it was not Higgins who went to the feds. I'm telling you Higgins isn't going to go there. And You guys are missing the most obvious fucking thing. I mean, think about it. Who's going to go to the feds and say, can you investigate the investigators? Who's going to do that? Think about it. I can't believe this has to be spelled out. It's like Brian Higgins. Brian Higgins is going to be like, yeah, investigate me, please. He got away. They got away with it. Why would he go to the feds? It makes no sense. Think about it. Think, 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 think. I'm not going to say it. Sorry, I'm catching up on 1120. When is Karen's next court date? January 5th. It's going to be lit. We're going to have a protest uh, that day outside of the courthouse. Obviously, that's in like a few weeks when you think about it. Yeah. I see one person got it at least. The obvious answer. But okay. Uh, Anyone else have any other questions they want to ask? Anything before we call it a night check the donos. I don't want to miss any, Did anybody send a dono that it missed. I don't want to miss anyone. Okay. I think, I think we're caught up. Did I miss, I, I'm seeing someone this end from a Kevin Lenahan sent $5. Is that real? Oh, like they, they are coming in. I got one from a came in at 11 46 PM. That's Pat. We've already passed that. Oh no, that's, later. That's not a turtle chat. I think we're caught up then. All right. Okay. Uh, Anyone else before we call it a night? All right, guys. Uh, so we will we'll talk to you guys uh, for the next episode of. Well, actually, we'll see some people tomorrow in Canton, and uh, we'll see everybody else for the next episode of Turtle Boy Live. On when's the next day? We'll see everybody for the next episode of Turtle Live on Tuesday. All right, peace, Turtle Riders.